Welcome to the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you manage your money better, invest wisely, retire early, and grow your wealth for you and your family and live your best life. My name is Tony Thomas, Charter Financial Planner, Pension Specialist, and Money Coach. I've advised thousands of people over the last 30 years. I'm going to share with you real life stories and everything that you need to know to build a financially secure future and a great lifestyle. If you enjoy the podcast, then feel free to subscribe and leave a review. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Tony Talks Wealth Podcast. I'm really pleased to be joined by Mark Lloyd on today's episode. So a big welcome to you, Mark, and thank you for joining me. Thanks for inviting me, Tony. Pleasure to be here. You're very welcome. Mark is a property investor and mentor. So, Mark, please introduce yourself and tell us more about you, your property business, and your mentorship programs, and how you help others achieve financial freedom through investing in property. I, I guess, well, part of part, I guess I class myself as a serial entrepreneur. I've been in business for, I think it's about 32, could even be 33 years now. I've, I've set up several companies on my own. And about 16, 17 years ago, I made the decision to start investing in property. Okay. Uh, initially, that was part-time. Uh, prior to that, I, I had no experience in property at all. I had a telecommunications company, which I sold a bit later on. Uh, so I started um, investing in property in 2005. That was my very yeah. first property. Whilst I, I was actually running uh, another company, a telecommunications company. Okay. And in 2009, 2010, we sold that company um, to, and, and it wasn't to, to actually do property, it was just the right opportunity came along, but we decided it, the time was right to invest in property. It's something we'd always done, sorry, always, always wanted to do, yeah. but never felt that we had enough money to get the, the company going. Because if I knew then what I know now, I'd realised I didn't actually need to sell the company to release capital to invest in property. Uh, because like a lot of people, there's this misconception you need a lot of money to start right. investing in property when actually in reality you don't. Yeah, um, And that, that was a big eye-opener for me. But in 2010, when we started to get trained and, and trained with a um, company called the Rich Dad Organization, yeah. American-based, yeah, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, a lot of people read the book, Rich Dad, yeah. Poor Dad. And that kind of opened my eyes to, to the opportunities within property. And then about... Three or four years after that, once we started to build our portfolio, we decided to start a, a training company just purely because there didn't seem to be much out there that was answering a lot, a lot of the questions that were coming up from people. Yeah. So about uh, four or five years after we, we started investing in property, we decided to start our own training company just initially on, a, on an ad hoc basis because there wasn't many forums out there that were answering people's questions facebook was just starting really wasn't yeah. much much there and there wasn't much on linkedin either so we started a, a one-day event it was it was just actually originally designed to be a, literally a one-day event and no more there, there was no training company it was just one day and we called it a mastermind day and it was just designed to help answer people's questions uh, and that was it but because people got so much value out of it we were asked to do it again and again and again and then we the following 18 months, we ran one every single month. And then that developed into, well, okay, we've got lots of background, a lot of information here. Why don't we put this into a mentorship program? And so we then started to offer mentoring to new, newer uh, property investors, some experienced ones as well, some that yeah. a lot more experienced than us, actually, but that needed a bit of direction. And, and But primarily it was the newer invested investors that were 
uncertain, didn't really un understand what to do, and, and were just worried about, you know, I haven't got enough money to do this, or I haven't got enough time to do this, and all those kind of things, which once you can get over those misconceptions, they realise they can do all these things if they really want to, yeah. um, just having the right mindset to do it. So how many, you, uh, how many mentees have you had over, over this period? Any idea? So are we talking about uh, thousands or...? Probably not. Uh, might might be close to about a thousand, maybe. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, we tend to work with a small number of people. It's not we don't work with you know 20, 30, 40, 50 people at a time. It's a small number of people. We we're very much focused on getting results. And I don't think if you if you're working with fifty people at a time, I don't think you can do that. Not if you're quite. working with five or ten people, you can start to get results. And and you know, of course they pay for that fact because you know they're getting more of our individual attention rather than working in a larger group and paying less. But we know from our own experience that they will get results if they follow what we say. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, property training companies out there now, obviously uh, far more than what it was when you started, for sure. And, you know, I know quite a lot of these and the individuals involved. But what I tend to be able to glean from it uh, is that it's, it's uh, very much a larger group is done on rather than that more, should we say, one-on-one uh, -on -one or a smaller group where you, you can potentially have much greater value uh, because you're able to spend more time with these people and be more personal and personalised or be sport to them as individuals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we, we kind of have a hybrid. So we have a we run it in a small group, usually about a dozen people. But within that, we have one-to-one -one time as well. Okay. And we kind of mix the two. We get the benefits of having a group is great because you get the group dynamic. But then we also have time that we allocate each month, a couple of times a month, where we specially, you know, we just focus on their particular issues, their property business to help them progress as well. And, and the two seem to work really, really well together. So you do, do you have these programs? What sort of periods do you run these? Or are they sort of monthly? Are they quarterly? Or how often do you run them? Oh, well, because the property market is, is relatively slow in, in terms of transactional. So yeah. you, if you've bought a property, I'm sure you have in the past, by the time you take it all through your three or four months down the road, just for one property. So yeah. the minimum we do is six months. We mostly do 12 months, but some people stay with us longer than that. And, and it's just up to them. They can continue with us for the monthly fee or, or, or stop. It's entirely up to them, but usually we suggest a minimum of six months to get going. They will get some results in six months, but I, I found most people still need more help. So do you have people that's been with you for um, any length of time then beyond that initial uh, program? So, for example, do you have people two or three years still down the line? Yeah, we do. We, we still help quite a lot of our early mentees, actually. That contact, I mean, we, we, we always remain open. You know, it doesn't matter when they sign. So if they, if they were on our, one of our very first mentorship programs, we're always open to help them if we can. They know what the, the score is. If they want more of our help, they clearly need to pay for our time. But generally speaking, with the odd question here, here and there, we will happily help them. More recently, we've had people stay 18 months, two years. We've had one person with us now for just over two years continuously. Uh, and it looks like she's going to renew again. So, yeah, I think that's testament to, to what we provide, really. It's always a good testament. If people stick with you, then they get in value from you. And I think that's just a reflection, obviously, on the, the service that you provide. Is there a particular strategy or favourite strategies that you have that you focus on? 
in terms of property? Because there's so many different things you can do within property. But what is your particular niche, if you like, or areas that you focus in, in terms of how you teach people how to do this? Well, what I teach and what I'm doing is quite a bit different uh, because I've got that that because I've got that more experience now, you know, 16 years of, of doing it. Yeah. Because of my experience, I, I, I just look for the opportunity. It doesn't really matter to me what that strategy is because I've done all of them. So I don't have a particular focus, but I do veer more towards development, conversions, uh, commercial conversions and land as, as my kind of preference. But having said that, we're just in the process of buy, buying a portfolio of HMOs, houses of multiple occupancy. Okay. So which are quite diverse from what, what, our, what, our, what we prefer to work on. In terms of what we teach people, yes, I mean, when they first start, they need to focus on two, maybe three strategies at the very, very most, because any more than that, they'll just get confused. There's so much information to try and take in that they just can't, most people can't handle it. So focusing on two, maybe three strategies when they start, then they can expand as they become more and more experienced and more knowledgeable. So under the, under the current climate, what would be those two or three strategies that you would advocate they concentrate on now? Well, the the property market is quite busy at the moment. Prices are increasing, and, and I think a lot of people are concerned because prices are going up. But in fact, the prices increased last year, which I think was around about 8%, is actually the long-term average. Yeah. So it's not anything out of the ordinary. It's just the long-term average of property price increases. Yeah. In terms of strategies to focus on, will will really be determined by how much starting capital they have. So if they're starting with, let's say, £10,000, because a lot of people don't think you can start with £10,000, like telling yeah. you now you can, that would be something like what we call a rent-to-rent strategy or uh, a lease option strategy or something called an assisted sale or possibly working with a joint venture partner. So there's plenty of routes where someone can go down and start to create cash flow, which is the most important thing of any business yeah. anyway, uh, to get cash flow coming in to start to build up their pot. And of course, there's something called property sourcing, which is finding um, properties for other investors. Yeah. And that can also produce an exceptionally good income when someone's starting out. In fact, when I started out, that was one of the things I did alongside building the portfolio. It was there to help supplement the income whilst the portfolio was building. I guess on the property sourcing side, you don't need any capital at all. You just need to do the legwork. Yeah, I mean, there are some basic things nowadays because because you, as a sourcing agent, you come under the Estate Agents Act. So there's a few yeah. things you need to register for, but that'll cost you about £1,500. Okay, right. Uh, it's always wise to get a website and you do need to do some mark, spend some money on marketing. But apart from that, yeah, it's pretty low cost, pretty low startup. If you were to start, you probably answered the question already, but if you were to start again today, what would you focus on or what would you do different to what you did when you started? If I was starting again today with the knowledge that I have, I would be looking more to developments and commercial property okay and then there's there's a few reasons for that commercial property is very much misunderstood in the property investor market because the majority of property investors are residential based and yet once you actually understand commercial property you'll think well why doesn't most people do commercial property <laughs> because unlike with the residential property where you're as a landlord responsible for everything so if something breaks you've got to pay for it the tenancy is very short on a commercial property if something breaks the tenant pays for it the tenant's in there for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and the rent is always increasing. So it's a lot less hassle. And developments 
primarily because of the large, larger amounts of money involved and potential upside is very great. Although, of course, the risk on development is, is much, much higher as well. Correct. It's an area I tend to get involved more in as a financial advisor, uh, obviously using pension funds. That's uh, a popular way of uh, funding these purchases, et cetera, and developments. So I'm a little bit more familiar with the commercial side than I am on the, the, the residential side, should we say. So do you have, do you have properties overseas as well? Not overseas. I made that mistake about 13, 14 years ago. You know, we bought one in Bulgaria, when it, which was, when it was quoted to be the next Spain. Never materialised. Big mistake. Property... Well, we were told the property was never rented out. It clearly had been because when I went there, it showed that signs of wear and tear. And we just sold it to a Russian with a case, for, a case full of euros in the end. <laughs> that was it. Glad we got rid of it. Didn't lose money on the purchase price, but overall the term we did really because we had lost rent, no rental income and, and so on. So, but yeah, wouldn't do it again without without that, some, someone with a good local knowledge that I, I respect and trust. And that's that's the that's the difficult part when you when you're dealing remotely. But we, yeah, we have a lot of yeah. we have a lot of overseas investors that invest in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah, I'm aware of that. It's strange. I've got a number of clients of mine where they actually focus on the overseas market. However, they they are cited there for at least six months of the year, if not permanently. So they know that market very well and. Again, from obviously the comments you've made and obviously what I gleaned from them, what you say is spot on. You need to know that market. You know, in the same way, any area of uh, specialization you're going to go into in the UK, you need to have a, you know, a good understanding of that market and how it works. And there's no different abroad, probably more so abroad because there's, there's nuances there in obviously the localities. That is not the same as in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. It's, it's, it's very hard. I mean, we are, I mean, uh, we've just launched our crowdfunding platform. Yeah. And that we've decided to joint venture in, in other countries with people on the ground because we need to have that local presence. Otherwise, we can't offer the service. Yeah. So we, we've now signed up, I think, with six countries apart from the UK where we can now promote the platform we've got a, a partner that we've joint ventured with in that country that's going to promote it so they understand the local market much better than we ever could and that then opens those opportunities to other people in the other countries where we can say actually well, you know what do you want to invest in New Zealand do you want to invest in Sweden or Canada or USA or Germany you can do through our platform because we've carried out all of the due diligence for you so for the, for the listeners who are not familiar with crowdfunding how does that work exactly for the individual as an investor yeah i mean very, very simple actually so crowdfunding is, is a great way of pooling money so a developer will uh, come to us with a project so they're looking to raise let's say half a million pounds and they like you know, they like the way that we operate and what we then go to market and we look for investors and the investors will put money onto our platform from as little as a thousand pounds and no upper limit and that then helps to fund the project. The security is through us onto the project. So we take a first charge over the project for the investors. And we collect the interest payments from the developer as well. And, and that, that could be on a monthly, quarterly, six monthly, yearly, end of project basis, whatever the, the, the uh, developer is actually offering. 
but it's up to the developers to offer an attractive enough interest rate that's going to get investors on board. For a first charge, generally that's going to be around about 8% uh, okay. what an investor will be paid. Second charge, you're looking in the teens, 14, 15%. So, which, which is you know, very attractive to, to some investors, but of course, second charge does mean high yeah. risk. Perfectly aware, uh, make them perfectly aware that that is a, a high risk product, hence the higher higher interest rate. Is there a minimum term that they have to be invested for? Well, at the moment, that's that's for the term of the project. So it yeah. could, if it's a six months project, that'll be six months. But in about three months' time, we will have a trading facility on our platform, which will, if people need to come out of a project, they need to release their money earlier, yeah. then they can trade that onto the, on the platform with somebody else, so they can actually swap around essentially. Okay. So how do you see that area in particular developing over the coming years? So it sounds like quite an exciting platform you've got there in terms of uh, the opportunity, one, for for you, obviously, as uh, as the operator, should we say, and two, as the investor, because for me, it sounds as if it's a a gentle way to invest into these projects. Yeah, I mean, and and they can limit their risk. You know, they can invest from £1,000. In fact, we're actually going to reduce that to 100 quid. Once, once we get authorization from the FCA to offer to retail investors, then we're going to drop that initial investment down to £100. So your average Joe public can invest in a, a UK project, an international project from just £100. Uh, and that gives them a, an entry into the property market. No hassle. They haven't got to worry about you know, all the normal things that property investors have to worry about. They leave that up to us and we take care of the developer. And I think the good thing about our platform, which makes us a little bit different to any other kind of lender out there is that we're not bankers. We are all property investors. So we understand the market much better. Yes, we have a lending uh, person within our team that has that lending experience. Yeah. We look at it from different eyes as well as to the validity of the project because they're only going to look at the numbers. We'll look at it based on other criteria of our knowledge of that local market. And, and that's what I think makes us quite a bit different. And we should see, I mean, we, we're, we're in discussions at the moment with, a representative of the United States. I think we'll probably have more than one in the US because it's just a huge country, the biggest yeah, market yeah. in the world. And also Mexico and South Africa, they're our next three countries to take on board. And that will have a huge impact, I think, on us as a company, but also as potential investments for people as well. So I think quite exciting. Uh, it sounds uh, fascinating. It sounds like a very exciting opportunity. So again, you know, from you from your side, it looks like a great business opportunity. As I said to you earlier, from a from a, an investor, it seems like a very gentle way to get into the property market, and obviously in decent returns. But like everything, you're learning as you're going along with property, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like any other skill or or, or a sort of a knowledge based uh, industry. You need to learn your trade before you go to the next levels. Yeah, absolutely. And again, what we what we're doing with our projects is that the developer will provide regular updates throughout the term of that project which is a six month 12 month 18 month project whatever it might be in fact we've just agreed a three-year project actually for a million pounds and that and, and you know it gives the person the opportunity to, to kind of see what's happening with a particular development as as it goes along so there'll be regular video updates of the of the project in addition to this have you got any other exciting uh, plans on the go or other business opportunities so you've got your mentoring programs, uh, which seems to yeah. be uh, very successful. You've got also the crowdfunding. Now those two on the loan are probably, you know, very 
exciting in, in themselves, but obviously possibly quite demanding as well. So do you have any other plans for any other ventures? Well, as strange it may sound, I'm, I, I, yes, I, potentially yes, because I'm quite good at organising my time. I, I don't have spare capacity in my, my time each week. And so I'm, I'm looking at a number of different options, possibly non-exec director roles in, in companies to help um, companies with whatever role within that company, I don't know. But I'm looking at that. But I'm also I'm always on the lookout for opportunities. And and yeah, because I've had quite a diverse business background. From so my last company prior to property was telecommunications. Prior to that, I had an IT company, utilities company, a, uh, a gas engineering company. So quite quite broad kind of spectrum. Okay. So the kind of things I've done, I, I can offer quite a lot in that space. But if an opportunity comes up, then yeah, I, I may well take something else on as well but at the moment I'm, I'm quite happy the crowdfunding side certainly keep me busy as the mentoring side I, I love the mentoring side is really really rewarding from both the person that we're teaching but also personally as well because I I learn a lot from the people I'm talking to or people I'm helping yeah I totally agree with that I, I do a lot of mentoring for other advisors for example we also do a lot of coaching as well as financial planning for for clients I must admit it's uh, it's it's a really rewarding position to be in because you as you say you learn it's great to see other people developing and evolving but you learn so much from these other people as well so it's i think it's a win-win whichever way you do it but i can't think of a better way to earn a living or i would class it more vocation to be able to help others but at the same time you're helping yourself as well so and in a very enjoyable way yeah and i think one of the things i have had at the back of my mind to do for quite some time and I, and it's only now this year where, where my time is kind of freed up a little bit like I thought okay now I can start to progress that idea and this is more just helping out kids because uh, and I'm talking really of the you know 16 to 18 year olds yeah. that really they're not talking about business at school or college Correct. They, need, they need some proper in my mind real life grounding of yeah. what it's like out uh, and and I that's I've, I've kind of got that in the back of my mind. I thought, right, okay, now I can start to approach, see how I see how we, we can do this. I'm not going to charge for my time; yeah. I'm just give it for free uh, because I think you know, I think it's really important. I wish I wish I'd had that when I was at school, uh, and it would have given me a much better idea when I wanted to go out to the marketplace and what I was going to do. But you know, like everybody else, I went and got a job. It didn't last very long. I think it was about five years before I've been self-employed ever since. Um, but I probably would have started a lot earlier just going out yeah. and doing my own thing. So who knows? I, hopefully the idea, if I can affect a few kids, be great. You know, I think that's just, just be wonderful if I can do that. I, I think there's definitely a lack of financial education, full stop in in schools, colleges, etc. So I think you're right. I think it could be one of the best life lessons anybody has if they learned about these things much earlier. Why are they in school? It'll put them on a much better financial grounding when they start their adult life. Because so Absolutely. many people get into, uh, should we say, difficulties early on, and it's that spiral. It's very difficult to get out of. But if you have the basic knowledge at the very start, then you probably could avoid a lot of these mistakes that people make. And often mm-hmm. not through any fault of their own. It's just the way you know life is uh, sometimes. Yeah, it's, I think it's just, it's just lack of knowledge. Yeah, you have the knowledge at a young age to, 
we learn these things as we get older, don't we? As we, as we, we do, yeah. And usually by mistakes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> make plenty of those, that's for sure. I think the best way to uh, make mistakes is uh, is learn from other people's mistakes. That's my motto anyway, so uh, if, you, if you can. So in, when you're doing your mentoring, certainly with the property side of it, then are you looking for people closer to home or is this na- a national sort of situation where you can do a lot of this online or you get together in terms of you know, workshops, etc.? Yeah, literally around the UK. So because... And this, to be honest with you, was brought on by the pandemic. We, we yeah. weren't prepared for lockdown at all. And we were always a live mentoring training company. Yeah. Everything was done face-to-face. So when that happened, we then had to convert everything to online. And actually, that's worked quite well because we're now being introduced to people we would never have been introduced to before yeah. because of where we're based. Yeah. So we've worked with people up in Edinburgh, Dundee. We've worked with people in Wales, southwest of the country, north of the country. But we that would never have come down to London. Yeah. To, so that's worked really really well but basically how it works is they have access to an online platform which has all of our training material on there and and everything they're likely to ever need as a property investor a resource library absolutely everything we have a private facebook group which is for any day-to-day kind of questions we have a live zoom call every week for the group and then every two weeks a one-to-one call as well and for those that are on that one-to-one element because it's an optional element uh, they can access us, call us, email us at any time within reason. Brilliant. I agree. I think uh, I pick up on one of the, th- the things that you mentioned. I'm very much was very much the same in terms of uh, as a financial advisor. What you try to do is have a client base, if you like, closer to home, and usually that's within, say, an hour's drive, for example. Uh, most meetings, because it's quite personal, were tended uh, to be done on a face-to-face basis since the pandemic then it's completely changed around and it, everything is is online via zoom calls etc but like you've noticed it no longer restricts you to that locality mm-hmm. i've taken on lots of uh, different clients all over the uk which has opened up a lot more opportunities for me as well i'm sure the same for other businesses as well as uh, other advisors in this space so there are positives that's come out of the pandemic, should we say? Yeah, I mean, and, and with I mean, the, like with the crowdfunding company, that our head office is in Rotterdam, so I used to fly to Rotterdam quite regularly, but I don't, I don't <laughs> obviously haven't haven't been for at least a year now, clearly. But but I don't think that'll happen again. I can't see me going having to go to Rotterdam in the, in the, in the short term anyway, because there's really no need. We've got an office there, and obviously we've got the, you know, the Dutch staff work from there, but I, I can see no need at the moment to have to go there as regularly as it was before. And you know, a lot of the contacts, the countries that we've signed up, we've not been there. I've not had to go there to meet the people. It's all been done over Zoom or an introduction, yeah. over, an introduction from Facebook or LinkedIn or somewhere else they found us. And then we've just had a Zoom call. So you know, that's, that's worked really, really well. Yeah, I, th- I think there's uh, there's been um, a lot of positives that's come out of it, not just the negatives, which we all know about. So it's it'll be interesting to see how things develop once things uh, open up, which is they've started to really over the last week. But I think there's probably going to be a combination of, of what we used to do with obviously what we've got used to over the last 12 months as well. So we come in more towards the end today. I like to ask uh, one question with all my guests, 
And uh, so it, w- it would be remiss of me if I didn't ask you as well. So the question I always ask is, what does wealth mean to you? And it means different things to different people. So, Yeah, I guess wealth means being able to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, with whom I want to do it, and having the freedom to do that. And that's something that property has afforded me. My life in business has afforded me, really. Although I do work a lot. I, I, I love doing what I do. I, I, I get bored very easily. I don't want to sit around doing, yeah. not doing something. So I have to be doing something. But it's that kind of freedom. And, and I, you know, I, I choose my hours. I choose what I do, what days, whenever I do it. If I want to go off somewhere, I'll just go and do it. If I want to go and drop, drop a hat and I'll turn a plane somewhere, I'll go and do it, obviously, once the pandemic's out of the way. <laughs> yeah, great answer. I, I think it's very much similar to, my, to me. It's all about choices the freedom to choose what you want to do, when you want to do it, with who, but have the resources to be able to do the things that you want to do as well. So I'd be interested to know what sort of successes you had from your mentees. So have you got any uh, examples, obviously without naming names, in terms of the the type of successes some of your mentees have had? Uh, yeah, well, well I, I'll give you probably two or three examples that have happened in the past 12 months uh, during the pandemic when you know, bearing in mind we're all stuck at home, so a lot of people think, well, maybe you couldn't do much. But yeah. we've had some fantastic results over the past 12 months from people that um, really had very little knowledge of property prior. And so there's one one young lady, she's actually joining me tonight on a webinar. She joined us in July last year. She had a target for 12 months to get four properties. She had six properties within five months, so totally blew her target. And she's gone on further since then. Similarly, a couple fairly close to me, actually, in Guildford, that uh, we've mentored. They had, I think it was one property at the beginning of the pandemic. They're now up to eight a year later. And then just going back a couple of years, a guy that was uh, very much part-time, as, as these people are, by the way, because they've still got jobs as well. He was working with Shell. He, in his first year, I think, got five properties they were generating to, just to put it in perspective so those those five properties generated about five thousand pounds of cash flow per month okay five years on he's now got 28 properties okay put it in perspective yes yeah uh, great great example so so if somebody was interested in coming to you for mentoring or the crowdfunding where would they find you they can certainly connect to me on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook or send me an email. Mark, mark at propertymasteracademy.co.uk is the is for the training company, but that will, that will get roots through for anything. So whether it's to do with the crowdfunding or that, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I say or, or LinkedIn or or uh, Facebook, you can find me. All right. I will put the links in the show notes as well. So okay. people will be able to find them uh, from there. So Mark... I'd like to uh, thank you very much for joining me today. I found it actually fascinating. I'm always uh, interested to know more about uh, property myself, although I've got a, a few properties uh, not on the scale that obviously you were uh, dealing with. I'm sure my listeners uh, would love to know more as well. So they now know where they can go if they want uh, some mentoring on that aspect. So again, thank you very much. And I'd like you to uh, wish you uh, the very best with everything that you do. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. 
you can find links to everything that we've discussed in the show notes. And if you'd like to know more about what I do or see more great money tips to build a secure and a happy lifestyle, then you can find all of these on my website, ttwealth.co.uk, on my YouTube channel, TTWealth. If you want to work with me, then why not book a free 30-minute call to find out how. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I also produce a bi-monthly newsletter, TT Wealth News, which contains practical money tips that is free for you to download from my website. And if you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something that you've enjoyed and you think will benefit someone you know, then please do share with them. I'm sure they will appreciate it. So it's goodbye until next time. And remember, live for today, invest for tomorrow.